Um, We're live. Good timing, Belch. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to live. I'm going to give you, yay, good times. Hello and welcome right. to the Enlightened Couch Potato Show. My name is Nicholas Rave, and my colleague here is Adrienne McBelcherson <laughs> today. And Adrienne, tell them what do we do here on this show? Well, when we show up, we show up <laughs> and we do, what do we do? We talk about movies, we talk about television, we talk about how you can deeply utilize them as transformational tools. Mm. That's what we do. Uh, there's a whole, I rewatched our first episode, by the way, because we have, we have somebody writing our theme song. And she, she was like, Hey, can I get a, can I jump on and get a call and get your vibe? And I was like, well, yeah. And also just watch this first episode and see what you think. And so I was rewatching it. Yeah. And we remember when we used to say how to push the past. Or yeah. Whatever yeah. Yeah. Uh, how to watch movies and television for maximum psychological and spiritual development. That is or that's the acronym yes. for it yes. in case you didn't catch that. Brilliant. I, I'm excited to be here. I think, am I, are you? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a crazy couple of weeks, like good, crazy. And um, I've just been busy. Yeah. I posted that in the wrong place. I today I haven't watched a lot, in other words, is <laughs> what I'm getting at there. I don't have a lot to talk about, but we do have one thing. So we sort of decided to change our format a little while ago, and we're experimenting with making the show more focused on one particular thing. So this is our uh, episode on WandaVision, which we both watched recently. Yeah. Although I am agreeing to focus on one particular thing, but I did not agree to not focus on a bunch of other things. Oh, no. Sure. Sure, 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 sure. No, I think that's fine. (laughs) The idea is to have a a hook to hang everything on, but then we can hang all kinds of stuff on that hook. Yeah. Like you get your hook and then you like you can hang something on your elbow. We did that with uh, a long kiss. Good night. We talked about so many other things that yeah, <laughs> that's fair. So, so WandaVision, were... you you go. I don't think we've talked about this hardly at all, right? Well, no. Wait, no, you, we did have an episode where you were talking about what was coming from mm. the, the Marvel Universe. And I just read something very interesting about the Winter Soldier and Falcon. Mm-hmm thing and how really there was this you know before covid there was a completely different plan for what was coming out when yeah so yeah that was supposed to be first yeah that was supposed to be first well actually i think red scarlet's movie scarlet johansson oh oh, yeah yeah Um, black widow but black widow was supposed to be first that was in theaters but as far as tv shows yeah um falcon and winter soldier was supposed to be first and i don't think i realized that that was going to be a tv show i thought it was Mm. just going to be a movie so that's fascinating so it's very fascinating that uh the the article was a little mm, pensive was it pensive it's concerned about falcon and winter soldier because they did not know and it was never planned for them to go up against wandavision because they were going to go first and wandavision had so much the thematically fit current circumstances yes, in such yes. a way that it just exploded and become a different level of zeitgeist where now Falcon and Winter Soldier are just going to be like, Hey, is anybody still wanting to just watch action? That's kind of about characters you like. Yeah. 
<laughs> doesn't I, have I, cultural depth. I, I think that's okay. Cause like yeah. for me, the splash that went WandaVision made of being so bold and risk-taking and it, it, to know that that wasn't really how they planned it, but they right. at least embraced it. We're like, okay, you know what? Let's do it. Yeah. One of the things I, I may have mentioned before is that I love that WandaVision became this love letter to television. Yes. And that as their first thing is so, um, uh, epic on their mm-hmm. part to go all right marvel we just did the biggest thing that's ever been done in movies we yeah. just created a phenomena that has never been done in the world of entertainment in any way nothing even comes close star wars right. pff, nope. n- nothing Mm-mm. Um, 22 fucking movies like avatar was a big success but it was one movie so far so for them to go, all right, we're going to step into television. <laughs> if if they were just going to do, be like, look, it's, it's it's basically an extra long movie, uh, a Captain America movie. Like, I'm cool with that. I like the Captain America movies. Right. But this was like, no, we're going to redefine television in yeah. a way. Like, yeah. that might be a little hyperbolic, but we're, we're at least going to bring up those ideas of what television can be and like talk about an enlightened couch potato freaking show yeah (laughs) so let's do let's do the tightest version that we can of non-spoilers to just drop people into the world sure and then we'll just we'll just be like okay after the spoilers everyone's naked stop looking if you're not into it right (laughs) so so yeah so essentially we're dropped through and like different eras of television through WandaVision. We, mm-hmm. we, the, the first scene opens and it's very, was it very, I love Lucy. Is Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. I guess, I guess we get I mean, there. The, the, there's merging of things, but, but yeah. overtly, like it was modeled off of a specific episode of Dick Van Dyke. Yes, 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 yes. We yeah. learn that later. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I went with I Love Lucy because you have, uh, we're expecting a certain white lady, and then here's mm. this weirder dude. Right. Although he doesn't, not weirder, because, I mean, in the, what, 50s, 40s, when was I Love Lucy come out? And then Ricardo, Ricky Ricardo, was not a standard leading man at the time. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the appeal. Foreigner husband and, mm. and so you've got this foreign body human that is vision as the husband anyway that's yeah. where i went with it um anyway yeah fascinating so they 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 have they have what 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s, 90s 2000s yeah epically delicious all this was, this was the first show that i've ever kept the i'm going to keep watching because it's so gorgeous i kept watching the the ending clips and i listened all of the music bed as all of the titles went along yes like having no idea whether they were going to do an after credits teaser thing i just was so intrigued by the music bed of every era they jumped through holy dang and i actually know a lot of those shows and those tropes it was like yeah i watched nick at night watching all the old stuff that's such a uh, they did such a good job 
capturing the essence of those things to the extent that some of them, like the 2000s ones, I don't know those shows. So I didn't resonate with it. But the 90s one, I could not (laughs) stop hysterically laughing through the theme song because I'm just like, oh my God, it's like distilled 90s sitcom. And it's so well done. Yeah. Um, And then having it be about something like the whole season was so like, I mean, it wasn't subtle. Like they said it, they hit it over the, over the head with it multiple times, Mm -hmm. but to have it be about something um, and then to have it be this like emotional psychological journey where they're basically doing timeline she's going back at one point revisiting memories and <laughs> resolving and releasing trauma yeah. um it's it, it was so deep and i didn't i mean I, I was i wasn't skeptical about marvel coming into tv but sure. they they actually kind of blew my socks off here and i was like i knew it was going to be good but this is like what the fuck yeah (laughs) i love awesome i I at least had the frame from you ahead of i think you were you started like four episodes ahead of me and you at least gave the frame that it's like a love letter to television and that Mm. frame helped me because you sort of dropped in we're dropped into a new world and they are like no one knows what's going on and it slowly builds its thing so recognizing that i could just latch my brain around this is a love letter to television yeah that the meaning of that gets even more expanded and deeper as it goes so it's a really great framework framework to start this this unknown adventure and I don't know. I think I think it's kind of fun for them to jump in and explore doing it. I'm actually curious. Why are we calling this their first foray into television? Do because we not include Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or don't. Agent Carter? <laughs> we don't. And there's a reason for that, because okay. that was a different division of Marvel that when I believe they bought Fox, um, they decided to bring the television in-house. So these are the first TV shows made by the same exact team that makes the movies. Oh, okay. Um, the same leadership, the same like organization is, is running. Kevin Feige and his little trio are the ones that are making these TV shows happen. Daredevil, Jessica Jones, those were good, and yeah. they were a different – a completely different creative and leadership team. There was some story overlap, sure. but these ones are actually like made by the same people. Oh my God. <laughs> Cause we're friends. I didn't, uh, did I tell you about, Oh man. What did I wake up from a pee trip in the middle of the night? I think this happened. It's either that I couldn't get to sleep or I woke up from just going to the bathroom. And for some reason I spent the next like 45 minutes yelling at who knows who in my mind, not getting back to sleep about Iron Fist. And when are we going to be done telling the story of that fucking adolescent kid? And what the hell? Like I, you know, you think, oh, I'm just going to like stay in like semi-sleep zone. I'm just going to pee. going to go back to bed. And no, something, something in there happened. I don't know. You brought, you brought back the whole the other Marvel Yeah, stuff. those ones went downhill freaking fast. It was like Daredevil season one, really good. Jessica Jones season one, really good. Luke Cage first half of season one, good. good. 
And then yeah. <laughs> like everything from that point forward. What was the fucking thing with everybody in it? What was that called? The Defenders. Defenders. Yeah, they're <laughs> supposed to be like the street level Avengers. And it was just, wow. Yeah. I think my so favorite we're... scene, um, we'll get back to WandaVision. Yeah. My favorite scene of the Defenders is when Luke Cage and Jessica Jones are straight up in, they're in the elevator in the middle of this like, I don't know. Apparently something's awful and we're trying to be useful, but it's just one of those like dead elevator scenes where they're both like, why are we even here? What's going on? I don't know. Ninjas something, (laughs) but it's actually, (laughs) it's actually their commentary of like, we're getting paid for this show, right? Yeah. This, did you get this in your contract? I don't know. You, yeah, you can just, it's like so meta. The two actors are like, this is fucking awful. And everyone knows it. <laughs> what scene, are we doing here? It's fucking ninjas. Favorite. What is this? Okay. Oh, okay. Fine. It's it just pad my yeah. Tuesday and we can walk through walls if we had to. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay. So, so, so division is spoiler. Well, before let's wrap it up. WandaVision is deeply emotional for mm. a freaking superhero movie and I or show and I, yeah. I story. I really appreciate that even when they get to the climax, like two non-spoilery things I'll say. One is how patient they are at the beginning. Yes. That one of the things that a lot of people hate is something I love about the show, which is that they're like, there's they make you sit in what the hell is going on for a long time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they give you nothing. They're like, they're not even dropping any hints. They're just raising more questions. And right. that's bold. It takes a lot of courage from a filmmaker to be like, no, no, I'll keep watching. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they start giving you answers, they just, they know which questions to answer, which ones to leave open to keep you going. Oh, they open new ones that just keep you intrigued and engaged. The performances are incredible. Um, I mean, really incredible because they t- they have to do so many different things. Yeah, They have to embody the different styles of TV throughout the yeah. ages. Um, and then I'll say the climax of the show is not the big battle with all of the with the the villains and the good guys Uh, there is a battle and it's exciting and i i love how they actually both have to defeat their counterpart with their minds and not their punching which i appreciate Mm -hmm. that um that's good writing but that's not the climax the climax of this story is profoundly deep and emotional and um so moving and it's like this is a fucking superhero movie like you're not a lot of people will go what is this doing in here but i'm like thank you for elevating something i've loved for a long time yeah and turn and making comic books high art that's what that is at this point yeah i think all of the things i have to say next are very and then they're more spoilery. Even okay. even the last things you said are spoilery, really. Even mm. though you were you were chunking up and getting higher level, uh, the things that people well, here's the thing: it it defies in some ways what people are expecting in, in a superhero movie. So yeah. in a superhero story arc, and this ends up being a little bit origin esque story. It's so funny to take yeah. a character we theoretically have sort of 
seen and been aware of and been in in connection with but we don't know anything about really no you're right this is an origin story for a character who we kind of already thought we knew the origin but this is like nope they're not even the character you thought they were yet yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's i've never heard anybody say that that's a really good point so um so what we're sort of expecting we sort of like a first movie or a first thing is sort of usually an origin story how do they get their power and yeah um, and at some point, I here's what I've learned because I didn't read comic books growing up or even now. And superhero movies, eh, I guess Superman existed in the 80s, but I, like in Batman kind of. Yeah. But like when I went to see these movies with other people in theaters, the moments where everyone is cheering, people freak out at the outfit. There's yeah. at some point there's some sort of reveal or somebody gets like, they have a starting outfit and then they get, they, they're the, like the big one. And everybody who geeks out about those sort of things, you'd like applause, people scream at yeah. this weird part. So I'm like, okay, here's what's important in a movie. Um, there's the, there's some sort of, Sometimes there are training montages of figuring out how to use your powers. And so that kind of shows up in superhero. There's almost always some sort of inciting trauma, traumatic event that causes someone to want to be doing something. So like daredevil blind, but dad leaves or some other shit. Like there's childhood trauma. Usually there's like someone's mom or dad dies or their uncle or something is essential. Dead people. Essential for people to want to become vigilantes or superpowered or whatever the heck. Um, your planet explodes, these kinds of things. So there's stuff you're sort of used to. And then there's some sort of big bad. There's like a, a big villain, right? And oftentimes villains are revealed fairly early, usually. Mm-hmm. And the essential struggle is, I don't know, between like every every Spider-Man movie is... Some new big bad, and then they take the whole movie to get to them, right? Yep, yep. So, in theory, when somebody turns on a WandaVision, they're like, they're wait, they're like, they're sure there's a like, where's the villain? Where's yeah. the, where's the villain? What are the outfits? Where are we now? How did we get here? And it's like, especially this show, no, no one, no one knows. Yeah, no one knows. We're just suddenly everyone is just in this TV show. Cool. Yeah. And the inciting event is, we're so spoilery now, the inciting event is like, we have to cook dinner for the boss. And what's lovely about that is that really is the plot of so many. Oh, yeah. But (laughs) even in in both of the first two episodes, the predominant feeling is what is happening yes. why is any of this and and like <laughs> even in the third episode when they start revealing things you're still going yeah but what the hell is happening in there yeah. like um and this this idea if you go into this not knowing anything like like my wife did it's a mystery it's like mm. you really don't is someone doing this to them like i don't get it and right. uh, and it's so fun and it there's a lot of ways you could pick the story apart, but uh, I, I'm like, I the suspension of disbelief is so easy when you're when they're you're having so much fun like this, and right. there's you feel like you're being led somewhere important. Yeah, my supreme like my there's <laughs> straight up stuff I hate. By the way, I'm just gonna mm-hmm. unspoiler that. But uh, my favorite episode is the, the, the there's a magic episode. 
Like, essentially, it's really important to be a part of a talent show. <laughs> oh, yes. That's the second one. I love that one. That <laughs> when he, when uh, Vision is the comic relief for a little while, yeah. and he's uh, absolutely hysterical. Oh, my God. I just imagined just how freaking fun it must have been to to embody all of the different physicality and 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 language and the physical comedy and i straight up like just shouted from my couch and i sort of like (laughs) leapt up a bit when katherine hahn came in for her first fucking scene i was like oh my god yay she's in incredible i'm I'm so so happy that they gave her a chance to like shine in this character like i want her to come back like i'm glad i mean i know they didn't kill off the character spoilers um (laughs) fate worse than death but um by like they have to leave her open she is fucking phenomenal (laughs) yeah when i recognized that it was like i I knew i was primed for them to like go through the different eras yeah find me there i was like please keep Catherine. please keep her she is wow amazing and the thing i didn't like (laughs) that drives me fucking okay first of all i googled how many episodes of WandaVision or like how many episodes are in season one? Yeah. And Google told me eight. Mm-hmm. So I actually thought there were only eight episodes and everybody was like, I've, I've sort of followed these things on Instagram. And so I was trying not to like see spoilers and stuff and be like, yeah. what does everybody think? Somewhere I was in like, what does everybody think about the finale? But I hadn't seen it yet thinking that episode eight was the last episode. Oh. Uh, and so all spoilers. I go from the end of episode seven. It's Wanda. No, no, it's Agnes all along. Yeah. And I'm like, what's Agnes all along? And then the whole next episode is like, we're exposition. We're doing this all to share. Yeah. And you're like, this is the last episode. Written, yeah. We could have written four fucking episodes to do this in a way that's not so fucking contrived. But we suck. Now we're doing exposition. You're along for the ride. <laughs> wow. Like, what the fuck? Okay. So, okay. Agnes is putting, like, we still don't know why anyone is anywhere. And then suddenly something is, it's all Agnes. Like, what is all Agnes? She didn't create the whole conceit of what's going on. And then the whole next episode, she drags Wanda along for fuck knows what reason. We still don't know what fucking reason. And... Like, I'm going to have you work through your trauma and your history and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to teach you who you fucking are. And I'm like, but why? But why? What the fuck? Did you have no time? You have money. Write more fucking episodes. You took all of the time in the world to get us here. And then you're like, <laughs> I'm just going to reveal myself as a character with why? What is the goddamn motive? We still wow. don't know her motivation. For I didn't get ca- I didn't happens. get caught on any of that stuff. Oh my fucking god! It's awful because everything was so patient. Yeah, and she was so genius up until that point. And I was like, "Why is she? What? How? Why?" Okay, well, I'll I'll tell you my interpretation. Why is she even there? Why does she need fuck? She's like, she's. Why is she there? I think there's a lot of questions that were actually answered that I I caught. 
So, so she says at one point that she sensed the spell, this massive spell being cast or like so many spells cast all at once that she came there looking for her. So she came into the space. She was never under her control, but she could tell that she was controlling everybody here. And she was like, what is this? And that she's like, I've never seen anything like this. I'm 200 years old. And she reveals her motivation to be um, at a base level. She wants power. So she, she, just she wants, wants to take the power of this being. But she's still at the point when she reveals herself, mm-hmm. she says she's been testing her and trying to figure out, trying to snap her out of it. The moment when she goes, did, did you want me to take that line again? Yes. That was her trying to snap her out of it. And And if you watch that scene again and you go, oh, that the motivations of everybody in the scene start to make more sense. So then she tried all these different things. And then she's like, now the only thing I can do is get this powerful witch into my basement where I can be in control. So now I can figure out what are you? How did this happen? And that's why she goes back through her memories because Wanda doesn't know what or who she is. And she's she's trying to figure out. She's trying to fix. Well, I, I, the impression I got was that she had tried. She tried a bunch of other things and she was like, this isn't working. I'm just going to go for the gusto here. I'm going to kidnap okay. her kids. Sure, sure. So. What the fuck is in the basement? Um, Magical, weird ass fucking tunnels. There are theories. There are theories about. What that basement is. What's like, well, there's some sort of vortex of power that exists that allows people to have any, that level of magic. I don't magic. think there's any indication of that. I think it's, it's the, the, the implication is Wanda just is that powerful because she touched the mind stone. No, no, no. But no, I no. think the Agnes's the, basement of weird ass. I know. I know. I'm saying, I think she maybe did like the, the quick interpretation my brain did, or the assumption was Agnes made that underneath Ralph's house. Cause the house is Ralph's. Um, the house is fake Pietro's house. Yeah. And she came there and put him under her control and stole his house. And my impression was that she's a witch. So she needs a creepy magical basement because like that <laughs> whole place, the door, like the door didn't actually lead anywhere. It was a magical right. door. So yeah. I just assumed that the basement, she went in and just did her magic on it. Oh, okay. Just to feel at home. Yeah. Cause, witch, yeah, cause she's a, a creepy, creepy magical witch. sort of made a I plant mean, life. These are questions that you can ask about a Marvel movie. But... <laughs> yeah. Well, so here was here's what the thing. So being so patient for a bunch of episodes to have a buffet, like to have that everything so truncated and squeezed into that one episode, it was the longest villain explaining themselves thing. And I know that there were other wonderful things to be learned and yeah. paid attention to. I was just like, why, why don't you just make this 12 episodes? Why does this have to be so squished and explainy right now? Mm. Uh, yeah, it didn't. It, 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 we, we had a conversation before the show started about a, a show on Amazon called Upload that you really liked. And I couldn't get through three episodes of it. And um, I, <laughs> I found the dialogue to be really clunky and it just like it grated on me. And you had an interpretation of it that you were like, well, I just assumed that they were insufferable people. And it was just like, that's how people in the future who are terrible talk. And I'm like, yeah, that would work. Like if you go and you watch that 
with that frame. So I, I don't know what frame I had for WandaVision where I'm just down the whole time. <laughs> like I didn't, that whole section didn't bother me in the slightest. Um, yeah. I was like, no, I want the reveal now. And I felt like it wasn't, it wasn't the, to me, I didn't hear it as the villain explaining themselves. I heard it as her going, revealing her motivation is, I don't know what you are. Yeah. And I need to figure it out. And then when I do figure it out, then I'm like, then I want your power. Now I know what you are and I'm going to try to take it from you. Yeah. So a witch who loves to suck power mm -hmm. and is just obsessed with all of the different spells and power things, feels the magic and sees the magic of something huge. And is like, what the fuck? Gets in on some of it. And then apparently has tried to poke it open and get to know this person. Well, I think she was away. deeply scared of Wanda too at first because she's like, what is this thing? Like, this is so powerful and she's insane. I mean, like, I think from her perspective, she like feels a disturbance in the force and then she shows up and she's like, this is a TV show. Everything's in black and white. What She's as confused as we are. Yeah. And then she starts to figure out that she's the powerful one. So she's like, well, then I'm going to jump in. And then also, if you think about Wanda, like, yeah. If she's like, well, I'm not controlling her, like the the sassy best friend character, I didn't make that one up. So for her for her delusion to be like, no, I'm not, I didn't create all of this because I didn't create fake Pietro and I didn't create her. Yeah. So that helps to kind of gaslight her a little bit. Sure. Um, in a way that makes it even more believable. Um, yeah. Okay. So if we don't allow me and what my sense. To ruin, and I didn't. I also enjoyed things in episode eight, but I was also supremely confused because I thought that the ending of the entire season. Yeah, yeah, was I think that really screwed you up. I like took me it took me another um, week or two weeks before because I took a pause before the next episode came out. Yeah, it took a while before I saw the next one. Oh, yeah, that actually is a finale. That makes yeah, 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 more yeah. sense. Um. Also, that's also what was confusing because I really, when I was watching it, I thought it was the last fucking episode. Yeah. So I'm like, why are we rushing this? So let's uh, let's talk about some enlightened couch potato-y kind of moments. Um, I loved, there's, there's a, a level, there's an attention to detail in Marvel movies. They're notorious for putting... Um, Easter eggs all over the place. And I've, mm -hmm. I've looked at some of those videos, but some of the most interesting Easter eggs, they're almost subliminal character choices and moments. So like one of them that I was like, Ooh, so this is a creation largely of her own unconscious mind and yes. her, and it's born out of her trauma. Yes. One of the first lines in the show is um, vision comes in and the plate hits him in the head. And he says, my wife and her flying saucers. And she says, my husband and his indestructible head. Yeah. If you think about that line, that's kind of what she wishes was true. Yeah. That her that his head was indestructible because it wasn't. No, it was not. And like that opening line is like, oh, sh well, when you understand what's actually happening. Um, and that it's the creation of her trauma that's doing all this is a lot of those goofy scenes take on almost a creepy or tragic, yeah. like, oh, this is sad. Totally. Um, and the sadness of the whole episode, that it is a show 
uh, about grief. And Finally. then I, I'm going to, I'm going to steal this one. Cause this is the most obvious one is the, that fucking moment in the Avengers compound, when they're going back through the memories, mm-hmm. when she and vision are sitting on the bed um, and he in, in a beautifully deep philosophical line about um, grief. What is grief? If not love persisting, Yes, that moment shows you how they fell in love. That's the moment when she was like, oh, what is he? Mm-hmm. And and that is the crux of the entire show is that she loved him so much that when she lost him after losing everything else, it broke her this much. Yes. It broke her so much, she broke the world. (laughs) And that is like Shakespearean romantic idea. and, Mm -hmm. And you have to justify that. There's shows where you see two people that are like, they have this epic love. And you're like, when, I, I when did that happen? I didn't yeah. see it. I never, nothing that they've done has indicated that they have that. That moment was like, fuck, you would fall that much in love with someone like that. Mm-hmm. And, and then the rest of the show makes sense out of that moment. There were like small, gentle moments where you could appreciate that vision cared for her. Yeah. In all of the other things that they had been a part of. Yeah. And then they're, you know, at some point run off together before yeah. some battle. But I don't I don't know if we ever I'm tracing back because I just recently watched all 22 of the movies. Again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh do we ever know what the bleep Wanda cares about? Except for pa- at, like after the Sokovia, no, after the the thing in Africa where she accidentally destroys the building, and she's feels too dangerous. No, they're very underdeveloped characters in the movies. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons that I'm like more TV shows, please, because I like getting to dive this deep. Like I'm like Wanda and Vision are now some of my favorite characters. I know. And before they were like, yeah, they're cool. I guess. I mean, What's whatever. Like, like yeah. yeah. Seems but, great. God, they're fucking history too. Yeah. Like the two of them, uh, uh, the 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 witty repartee, the back and forth, the comedy chops. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the sweet, tender moments, the the ending. Like I cried so fucking hard at the um, we've said goodbye before. It stands to reason will say hello again with the freaking wall of red closing in on you yeah. and i'm just like oh my god <laughs> it's so good it's I, so good i love that so one of the superhero tropes is essentially some sort of trauma that will happen and the character instead of getting therapy or <laughs> feeling their feelings will put on an outfit and then yeah. go beat up a whole bunch of people it's trying to the save story them. of iron man <laughs> story of all of them yeah so i've been complaining for years it's like cool i mean i like superhero movies vigilantism it seems fun to watch you know yeah. from my living room but also you could um you could cry yeah or you could go you could, heal like, all, some of this you know, trauma therapists talk talk to people yeah. who are still alive and care about you uh, like one doesn't actually need to go off to Nanda Parbat and 
and train with the League of Assassins and then come back and beat up everyone who's awful in a city. Well, so here we are finally. Yeah. And so what's fascinating about this, this like Agatha character, Agnes, Agatha, whatever the heck. um, She's the only one that actually like takes like one it didn't go like oh hey let's i'd love to heal yeah yeah no <laughs> this is this is superhero therapy and that's fine like that's that if you if you imagine all the characters are aspects of your own unconscious the journey that they go through is not the same one that we go through when we go to therapy like i like thinking of the show as like that's what therapy looks like on the inside of your head Mm-hmm. It's like they go on this epic, crazy adventure. Right. Um, but on the outside, it looks like going and talking through these things. But inside, <laughs> that's what's happening. Well, it's one of the first. I think Jessica Jones finally addressed PTSD and other yeah. such in, in that show. But most of the most of the superhero and comic book just sort of skip I, over. Iron Man 3 was yes. entirely about PTSD. It was and about I, PTSD, I, but he did not go to therapy. He did correct. not. Correct. I was going to say that. <laughs> just, this is the first time when they actually show somebody doing something about it. Yeah. Doing something therapeutic or 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 being forced to face some of themselves. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. There's this there's this villain who actually does the same thing in Arrow for mm. Oliver Queen forces Oliver to sort of face all of the trauma that had happened and he's doing it to actually torture him and that's mm. fucking rad and fascinating. Uh so it's very similar. Yeah. The villains just like cut into the cut into the gut and say, hey, actually you need to look at this stuff because of whatever reasons that she has for that. I I'm, I need your power, but I need you to know who you are so I could take it. Does she need her to like fully embrace the power? Does she, I like does she even know what she's doing that's that's rough for me because I'm still I'm still on Agatha's great and also not fully motivated in a way where I'm like eh. well it, it does to... feel I heard some theories about the idea that um there was more to her character because in in the comics she she's not a an end villain she she's a um a what, what, what henchman for a bigger villain oh. um and that may have been where they were they what they were actually thinking about doing and apparently there is a storyline where her husband um or maybe the devil mephisto who's the demon that she works for right um is like lost in some way some kind of spell so some people had the idea that that was her rabbit Right. Um, and yeah. that and that what she was trying to do was get Wanda's power for this end. But I think that at some point they were just like, there's so much story going on here that we just need to say she just wants the power because she wants the power. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the problem with he- is it Hega to Thor's sister? What's your name? Thor has a sister. Yeah. What are you talking about? Ragnarok? Oh, Hella. Hella, thank you. It was yeah, four yeah, letters yeah. and then was Sorry. H and Yes. So Hella, we just quickly sort of be like, yeah. okay, she was. I'm just evil. <laughs> like, yeah. Dad, I was his favorite. I conquered all these worlds, and then he sort of grew a new version of a conscious, and and yeah. then. Well, the the best super the best hero movies are made by the villain. Like right. a good villain makes the best 
um, hero or super or otherwise movies. Uh, and that's proven to be true time and time and time and time and time again. Yes. Like Heath Ledger's Joker is the reason that movie stands out. Um, and you can point to every other example you can think of. Um, and this, but I don't, I, I will grant you that I just want power is two is more two dimensional. It's, it's less right. fleshed out. Both of them. Yeah. So, so there are a couple movies where the villain, I don't know that, uh, I don't know that Marvel movies have done supremely great job at fleshing out their villains. Well, okay. Captain, uh, Captain America, civil war had uh, a villain that I thought was pretty interesting and sympathetic. Um, and they're bringing him back for Falcon and the winter soldier, um, Baron Zemo. Um, I think war, warmonger, no war, war from, uh, from black Panther. Like that was an amazing villain. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is that there, was are, fleshed ex- out. there are examples of ones. Um, I, I think uh, guardians, of the galaxy Two. his dad was the villain. And that was a very <laughs> fleshed out character. Mm-hmm. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy 1, less so. <laughs> what was his name? Thanos! Fucking Thanos! Like, that, one, of the, one of the insights that I heard somebody share was when you think of Infinity War as the, the protagonist of Infinity War is Thanos. Right. Then you're like, oh, that show seems very different because he is like the connecting thing, mm-hmm. this ensemble of characters, but he it's his story. This is finally, we're hearing the story. And that's a character that was fully fleshed out. And like his, it, he wasn't evil. He, that was his thing. He had a worldview. He believed that he was doing the right thing for the universe. That's a right. fleshed out villain. And again, su- not only a super solid movie, but a super solid 22 movies that led, <laughs> that had him as a connecting theme. Totally. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty sweet, though, because you were talking about one of the processes that we utilize. And I think what's fascinating about the premise of our show and then that eighth episode. So I like I like hated it, but also enjoyed it because Wanda utilizes television as her magical healing world. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of think it's funny and it makes sense that her um, her journey sort of stops at 2000s because I guess that's when the VHSs, VHS or DVDs would have run out for her family. Well, no, the, the way I the way I interpreted it was that the, the it caught up to now. That the that the show merged like the the Westview became now because it was going through 90s. 2000s 2010 and then 2020 and it would it actually lined up at that point that makes sense we have sitcoms now right the thing for me was i actually (laughs) like somewhere in the the, like the early aughts right people start streaming and getting dvds from like like i i i haven't watched whatever regular television broadcast tv is happening no. in the last decade no but my, the way i interpreted it was no that i get that the show became this show that it's like this is what television looks like now so it merged right no and yeah. i also get that but i'm like but i even if they could have done something that represents n- now hmm. I, is there is there a sitcom people give a crap like because well i think wandavision represents now anymore so it could be anything yeah 
the the aughts were what the office and yeah then that's the one they, what's that they other modern into. family modern family yeah those two together yeah kind of funny i i thought that it, the the clever idea and maybe they didn't even intend this but the clever idea to me was they went from 2010 with office and then the next one is like they're saying what does if they if the show was going to look like television right now what would it look like it would look like wandavision because that is the show that's happening right now so yeah obviously it's not a sitcom per se but it kind of was a sitcom in a way totally i know there's some movie coming up that wanda's gonna be in yeah the and the benedict cumberbundle um uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange too. Um, uh, I am so pumped for that one. I got to tell you, like I love the first one. Yeah, I love the Doctor Strange character. He's one of my favorite characters in in Marvel. I love all the magic stuff. This is supposed to be the first. They're not calling it a horror movie, but it's supposed to be one of the the first scary ish movie, and it's being directed by fucking Sam Raimi. Really? Like Sam Raimi, Evil Dead. Army of Darkness, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man 1 and 2, and yeah. also 3, but we'll pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> um, and and Danny Elfman is going to do the score. Yeah. Is he also... I'm trying to remember how he's connected to Xena. Cause he, Sam, Sam Raimi? Xena Warrior Princess is one of his things, too. No! What? Yeah. And I think... I don't know if he and Lucy Lawless are married. What? <laughs> Let me just double check. This is good television right here. Okay, no. She's married to another producer. But yeah, he's part of the Xena Warrior Princess team. And they brought back the actor that is in Ash and Evil Dead. What's his name? He's a huge character. He's a Talicus on, on Xena Warrior Princess. Forgetting his name right now. Ted um, Raimi is who... Lucy is married to. No way. Why am I not seeing Xena on? Okay, so maybe he didn't direct it in any way. He must be a producer. Um. Yeah. Again, this is solid television right here. <laughs> Her- Hercules. He's the executive producer on Hercules. Uh huh. Would it was Hercules Known first? Hercules her- and Xena. The amount. The animated movie. He was executive producer for that. Young Hercules, Hercules, legendary. Oh, Xena, executive producer, 134 episodes. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, uh, Sam Raimi uh, <laughs> is is like one of the, one of those kind of legendary directors. Yeah. And I, I love his style. I even remember like the first two Spider-Man movies are still, they, they've like, turned me on to the idea that spider that superhero movies could be good at all mm-hmm. but there's one scene in the second one when dr octopus gets his arms you know mm-hmm. and then they go crazy and they start killing the um the nurses uh and the the surgeon whatever and um it's so evil dead it's so like like running up and like ah! like screaming at the camera and the little things are going and I'm like, oh, please let him do that for I think that Marvel ever since um, Guardians of the Galaxy and then Thor Ragnarok, that they have been going, we need to really let the director make the movie that they want to make. Yeah. It's going to be better because like, remember Ant-Man, they, they're uh, um, what's his name? Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Um, Shaun of the Dead. 
um, the, the, di- the director. Um, sure. Yeah, I can't remember I his name right now. Directors so much. Personally. He has a very very particular style, and yeah. he uh, he was going to make Ant Man, and they were saying Edgar Wright is his name. Yeah, they were saying like, no, we don't want you to make an Edgar Wright movie. We want you to make a Marvel movie. And he was like, I'm not going to do that. So they brought someone else in, and Ant Man is fine, but it's not, I think, the genius that it could have been if it was an Edgar Wright movie. Oh my but god! But then Guardians of the Galaxy came around, and that is a James Gunn movie all the way. Yes. So then Thor Ragnarok uh, with um, Taika Waititi, he came in and is like, okay, we're going to make this, this going to be different, but people love it. And I think that Marvel is starting to get more bold. Uh, Did you know all of WandaVision was directed by one person? Oh, really? No. But unlike a lot of TV shows where they bring in different directors for different episodes, this was all headed up by one artistic vision and one team that did the entire thing. Which makes more sense to me. Oh, yeah. Than... It's it's usually a matter of deadlines that like you have to get it done. So you need multiple people because nobody can run that fast for that long. Sure. Um, but in this one, they have time to do this mini series style, which, oh, golden age of television. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... It is four o'clock. I got to wrap this up. Okay. Um, Are you going to talk about timeline at all? Because um, you gesture at it. In the uh, it like right now, <laughs> <laughs> well, in relation to WandaVision and what that episode does, well, there's just this this idea that trauma is linked together in our unconscious um, from memories in our timeline. Like there's a chronology of events that contribute to how we feel right now, and not every event that's ever happened to you is relevant to that. Mm-hmm. All the events that are relevant to that trauma are sometimes referred to as a gestalt. So what they were modeling, and it's it's good storytelling, but it's also a therapeutic technique, yes. is to go back through the timeline of events and learn the lessons from those events that let your let you let go of the um the the emotion that's trapped on it. And that is basically what she did. Mm-hmm. I'm still fascinated by the unknowns that exist now. Mm. And I'm a little, I'm a little curious. Here's, I think as we look at this as like what learning lessons, here's why I have agitation going on. Uh, I love the show and I have agitation going on because we have a person who still has no freaking clue who they are and what their powers are or how to utilize them or what they want. So that feels just too much like life for me <laughs> in the sense that I'm like, I, I want, I want people to, hmm. It's part, I think it's part of my own level of life resentment of like, mm. okay, cool, 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 cool. What's the goal? Well, this feels Bad shit like happens. And then we like, this, <laughs> this story feels like it's, she went like this. And then I'm going to try to use the camera. And then the story was about her going like this and then coming back up to like ground level. Yes. And like the best, the ending was getting out of the hole and back to ground level. But she hasn't gone anywhere above that yet. And I do think that's probably going to happen in the next movie. I mean, I think the the sense of hope was that she has that book at the end in the post credit scene where she's like training herself and learning magic. Um, she has the book. Yeah. Is it she who has the book? 
Well, I, I think imp- what's open is like, like Agatha, you don't know what you've unleashed. So, is there some other entity living inside her that's also? I don't know. It's just the like thing that I saw was that was a parallel to the doc. They were trying to say she has reached a Doctor Strange in a training level okay. because Doctor Strange was. Um, what astral projecting remember yeah so he was walking around doing one thing but he's studying in the other room yeah and i, I that's think true. that's what they were showing i could be wrong yeah that's fair that's fair i would love for that to be the thing <laughs> because I do well, otherwise it might be some kind of i mean they're doing the marvel's version of the dark phoenix x-men storyline which um is an amazing storyline and they've never done it justice but if that's what it is if like she's like embodied this entity of some sort and then that's going to become like a big bad yeah that could be cool too i don't know i just it feels a lot like this untapped powerful thing in us that just sort of like we don't even know how to wield it we don't know why we want to wield it yet there's so many questions about like she didn't she didn't even she half decided hey here my this is property and then suddenly out of chaos came the magic that was doing the thing it's so fascinating who's driving that's the thing i have these dreams too regularly where i wake up and i'm in the back fucking seat of a high-speed car no one's driving also the brakes don't work and that dream i was hoping i'll re-watch it i was hoping that something would settle that feeling of just being like who's in control this is it really does bad. feel like an like a beginning more than an ending which i, I yeah. that doesn't that doesn't bother me i think uh, because i did see it as like this is her in a deep hole and the yeah. fact that she made it back out of the hole that's a win and that that is i think an, an analogous to grief work is it's like totally. you're just trying to get back to normal you're just trying to get back to feeling okay and you're not even focusing on what you're doing after that. And that yeah. that was this story. If it was about building something after that, it, the story wouldn't have been just about processing this this enormous grief. And that's fair. I wonder what happens with the, the other lady, though. With with Agatha? No, the other other lady. Uh, Captain Trouble? Something oh, Trouble? Uh, yeah, the uh, Monica Rambo. So yeah. she is a a specific superhero that that at some point in the comics actually becomes Captain Marvel when um Carol Danvers uh something happens to her. Oh um, yeah, but she's also the kid from the Mar- she's like Carol correct. Danvers. She's friend's the, she's daughter. the younger kid, yeah. But she is um she has some pretty interesting powers and stuff. So it's cool. I, I don't. They didn't do much with her yet, but we'll I see. She's in the next movie with Wanda. I think she's in the next Captain America. No, no, no. In the next Captain Marvel movie. Oh. She's in Captain Marvel too. She might be in the in the next in the um Doctor Strange, but I, I haven't heard that. So Okay. Good okay. Well, it's a good right. ride. Yeah. I enjoyed the crap out of it. And um maybe we will talk about uh Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And um uh I don't imagine that it's gonna be this kind of deep. Sure. But but I'm sure we can still find things to talk about. So, all right, we'll go watch that pirate movie. All right, I'll get around <laughs> to it. I promise. Eventually, here. Okay. All right. TV deeply. Thanks, everyone.